Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Rafael Cortez, another wholesaler killing it in the Phoenix market. And he's here to share how he was able to generate over a million dollars in fees three years in a row. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires, so if that's something you want to do, let's connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you all to listen to this show. Um, we're trying to reach more people right now on YouTube, so we need more subscribers. Um, and the only way I can get that to grow is if you guys subscribe right now, click on the bell as you watch and listen to this episode. Uh, so that's how we tell YouTube that this is actually interesting content. In addition, if you have a friend that needs to listen to this episode, please tag them right away and that way we can all grow together and uh, this is a live show so please post your questions for Raphael to answer you ready <clears throat> yes sir let's do it all right so first question is what got you into real estate um, an accident actually I did it uh, I wasn't really planning on getting into real estate um, I had a medical transportation at the time and uh, and it was running fairly well so so I wanted to just diversify uh, my income and I went to a uh, classic I went to a uh, Robert Kiyosaki uh, training saw real estate and and uh, figured I would do a flip after that so I got into it my first uh, um, project was a, a rehab um, horrible by the way uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> big learning lesson but that, that's how I got into it and then from that point forward I've always just you know done different things in real estate and what was that that was 2000 towards the end of 2009 okay yeah uh, so you get you went to your seminar and you got into your first flip did you lose money did you make money um, actually no I got lucky I didn't I didn't make money well maybe I think I, I think I made about 300 bucks okay. um, but it was a it was a it ended up being like a six-month project uh, holding all kinds of stuff I didn't want to hold on to the area was terrible yeah uh, the property had all kinds of problems with it that I never even considered when I was walking into what it. what is so. this area that was terrible um, it's right by I-17, if you're looking at uh, Central um, Phoenix, right by I-17 and 19th Avenue. Uh, so I had a very interesting experience there as well. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't go. I w <laughs> I sounds mean, but I, would, I wouldn't go look at the house without my gun. <laughs> yeah, I went to go evict someone there for the bank back when I was doing foreclosure yeah. listings. And I went over there to go you know, knock on the guy and tell him that he had to move out. Yeah. I, I pulled up, <laughs> I left, I sent an email to the bank, I am not evicting anyone in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> you wanna fire me, fire me, but I am not evicting anyone in this neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, so that was the first flip. <clears throat> did you have to invest anything into the Kiyosaki program? I, I, I ended up, I did end up buying a, um, uh, a one of the $10,000 programs, mm -hmm. and it was all right. I mean, it just gave me like an overview of real estate, and I didn't do anything about real estate at all. So, I mean, it was helpful. Um, I think that the thing that kind of made the whole thing worthwhile was that they, they took about 15 minutes during the, the first weekend that I went to it to kind of touch a, a little bit on, on wholesaling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, a that's a very first time I, you know, I heard about wholesaling and, and the concept of, of you know, taking a, a piece of paper here and selling that piece of paper without having to pick up a, a hammer and, and, you know, any of that hassle. I mean, it was very, very appealing to me. So it's like, let's give that a shot. So you like wholesaling more than flipping? Way, way, way better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then when did you start wholesaling? Um, I didn't start wholesaling until maybe 2003. 
13, mm-hmm. row 14. Okay, so were you flipping along this time? Yeah, or? yeah, I did. A, I did a few flips uh, during that time, and and it was. I mean, I was pretty much dabbling with. It. I, I didn't have my real estate license yet. I didn't have any of that stuff. So I just I would look at a property, and then, you know, I didn't go all in. It was more of like a, a you know, hobby. I didn't mm-hmm. jump in with both feet, um, because I still had the uh, the other the transportation business that I was running. So, um, yeah, but I didn't start wholesaling until until I I th- started thinking about selling that business and and did a couple of transactions. Right. Wholesaling just made perfect sense. <laughs> and then did you imme- immediately, uh, were you wholesaling <coughs> on your own or did you immediately connect, connect with Sean? I did uh, wholesale on my own for about a year and mm-hmm. I actually listening to his podcasts, uh, I listened to a few others, but I started just following the stuff that he teaches, mm-hmm. you know, the, the free stuff and I closed a couple of deals. Yeah. And I mean, I became a, a raving fan. <laughs> right. So. Was it you that Sean Terry called and you were like blowing him off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it happened by accident because I, I, I didn't I, I thought it was one of my friends and we had been talking about it and I told him, listen, man, they're like, you can do this thing with paper and then you sell it and then you make whatever spread is 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 dollars. And he didn't believe me and he thought I was you know, messing with him. Your friend, your, my your friend, friend my yeah. friend. Right. So so I had submitted an application because he, he put out a, an email that he was looking for an acquisitions and I had just sold my transportation company. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting there um, trying to figure out something, you know, something to do. And, and I ended up talking or, you know, submitting the app. He calls me one day and he goes, um, is this, uh, is this Raphael? And I thought it was my friend. So I, I just blew him off and I hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. He calls back and um, he goes, this is Sean Terry. Like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I felt like, <laughs> like an idiot. And then, uh, yeah, I went to meet him and then started working for him. So, so you're wholesaling for a year on your own. Right. How did you do that? A little under a year, yeah. How did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, I closed three deals. The spreads weren't that that thick. Uh, I think the biggest one was about 8700 8, mm-hmm. um, And the smallest was, uh, was, I think, three, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, so, so I, I had a, a slight idea of what it was by the time I started working with him. And the reason I'm asking that is because there's a lot of people right now that are kind of like, Floundering, right? A lot of people that listen to our show aren't <coughs> all doing ten deals a month. You know, we got a lot of people that are brand new or they're doing one deal a month. Right. And so I want to get your perspective. You know, you did it on your own and then you joined the team. Right? Yeah. So how was your experience doing it on your own? How was your experience working on Sean Terry's team? And then obviously later off doing it on your own again. But Yeah. Um, man, it wasn't real. Uh, it's it's uh, completely different. I mean, when you go through, if you built any business, and I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 20, 22. Um, so I built businesses before, but whenever you're in, in that process and that grind, it's just everything feels, seems, and weighs like a big, big, you know, big rock, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, to me, I mean, the way that I see it is is when I joined uh, his company, I mean, that, that rock just kind of got lifted and I was able to to perform better with all the added stress of, of, of you know, making ends meet or making stuff, you know, pan out. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that was what all it did. All the weight wasn't on you. <clears throat> right. What it did um, was just kind of got rid of that mind block that I, that, I, that I put myself in when I was, you know, closing two or three deals. And right. So before I joined, let's talk about that transition, right? So what year was it that you joined Sean's uh, organization? 2014. So you joined his organization in 2014. Right. And you get thrown into the fire. 
pretty much. I mean, was it you and like a couple other acquisition guys or what um, was that organization at that there, time? While I was there, there were a few that kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was spending a lot of money in marketing and I was getting the bulk of it. Yeah. Uh, so I started, I had my first week I closed six deals. Wow. And I felt like a freaking rock star, man. And, and, and of course, Friday comes along, we look at the numbers, or Monday comes along, we look at the numbers and we dropped five of them and one didn't close. So I didn't do anything that first week. Wait, what do you mean? I, I, I locked them too high. Oh. So I was, <laughs> I was, you know, I was afraid of, of, uh, of actually, you know, running the numbers and making, making sensible, you know, offers. So I, I ended up blocking a lot, a lot of deals. I focused on getting deals, right? Mm-hmm. So I brought in six deals and it felt great. And then Monday comes along uh, during the, the team meeting and, and like none of them stuck. Yeah. <laughs> the one that stuck didn't close. So, uh, <laughs> so over. Yeah, yeah, heavy, uh, big goose egg. Um, so, um, but yeah, but I was going on, on, on about 25 appointments a week, like five, on average about five appointments a day. Wow. Uh, and it's just, constant repetition i mean there's no, no no magic you know pill it's yeah yeah so your first year with sean mm-hmm. i mean you had one year where you did three deals on your own less than a year did three right. deals on your own first year with sean how many deals did you do um honestly i don't know how many deals i know the revenue was 1.1.2 mil that first year so that first year wholesale yeah fees wholesale spreads. um and then the next year uh it went up to 1.4, and the third one was one point, close to 1.6. Yeah, 1.2, 1.4, 1.6. Yeah. And it's closed revenue. Right, deals that you know, got locked and they got pushed. And right. So, um, you know, one of the things I want to kind of impart on people that are listening to the show is you have an advantage in, in the living room or in the di- at the dining table. Yeah. So, you know, you don't like people bragging about this about you, but you've got multiple degrees in psychology. Yeah. So let's talk about how that was helpful in you in winning in inside the at the dining table or the living room. Man, I think that's that's a one tool that everybody should learn, not just for the sake of, of real estate or wholesaling or negotiation, but I mean it's it's all around it. It's communication based. Basically, it's, it's what it comes down to. But what it is, it's being able to understand the way that the other person communicates. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have different behavioral tendencies, different strengths. Uh, and and whenever whenever you're able to to identify those, and you can you can adapt yourself to that type of communication, whatever it is that you're saying, the rapport you're trying to build, um, the the clarity of the stuff that you're actually talking about is going to come across a lot better. Yeah. Than if if um, if you don't you know if you don't process that sort of thing. And and um, when I started working with Sean, I was actually going through through uh, through my degrees. And so I, it was pretty cool that I was learning stuff in school and then applying it right away and, and you know, one-to-one. Yeah. I mean, that's why I loved going on appointments. Even if it was a, a crappy appointment and it wasn't going to go anywhere uh, because of a previous phone, com- you know, phone call or, or, you know, whatever, I would still try to go there and sit down, you know, right across so I could learn mm-hmm. about that person. So Well, I think that's a huge nugget, right, is that even if you do feel like there's a low probability appointment, yeah. when you're learning, you want every rep. Yeah. Every at bat, don't disqualify yeah. a lead just because you don't want to go or because it's a low opportunity. Right. When you're learning, take every opportunity to learn. Yeah. Every every I mean every moment at bat, man, it's gonna make you better. Yeah. And and that's that's how I was looking at that whole thing. I mean, where else am I gonna get, you know, that big amount of, of marketing, 
dollars, you know, and then take the benefit of, you know, having all those appointments. It'd be crazy if I didn't take advantage of it. Right. So, so it was like a really, really cool uh, internship, trial by fire and making good money. So, <laughs> so let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Right. So what was the, you know, like a couple of nuggets as far as the, how on, on the communication, what were some, you know, two or three things that, you know, someone doesn't have to go through the whole process, but like two or three biggest nuggets that you can get somebody on how to win in the living room. So <clears throat> uh, usually it comes down to, to uh, the term rapport, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you're trying to understand how somebody communicates and then they, they uh, like I'm, I'm building rapport, I'm building rapport this way, building rapport that way. I had a conversation that lasted two hours. So I got really good rapport. Um, and I think you and I have talked about it before. It's, it's, you can have really long you know, or lengthy conversations and, and go into some you know, private personal stuff, but it doesn't mean that you've created the rapport necessary for that person to do any type of business with you or to actually trust you as a person. Um, however, when you start reading people and, and for things like body language, mm -hmm. um, there, there are things that are gonna give you, um, there's subconscious uh, things that are gonna give you really good, really good and, and solid um, um, a, re a really solid idea of, you know, that rapport is being built. For example, isopraxism, which is mirroring. Yeah. Um, when you're talking to somebody, they can, you know, they can be doing very well and looking at you and, and you know, having eye contact and all that stuff. Um, but the body language is going to tell you something else, right? Um, right. If you look at the, at the feet, th this one's crazy. Uh, the, the feet always want to, they're always pointing um, wherever the person wants to go. So if you've ever been at a bar or at a restaurant and you see two people talking to each other and one of them is kind of turning sideways, pointing, it means that that person wants to leave. Mm -hmm. So just being keen to that sort of thing when you're at an appointment um, can help you um, just, you know, pull it back a little bit from whatever it is that you're saying mm -hmm. or, or, you know, pressure more into it. For example, if I, f if I know that I have a uh, full mirroring and isopraxism because it is subconscious, people can't track it even if you try. Mm -hmm. um, if I, if I have them and I see them, they're with me, I'll, whatever it is that I'm talking about, if I'm, for example, if I'm at the offer, I'll just go deeper into that one topic. If they get anxious and start pulling away, um, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, pivot from that topic to something else. And, and when you're able to navigate a conversation like that, it almost feels like there's no negotiation going on. Mm -hmm. um, with, with Sean, I would, I would take um, uh, the guys that, came, that were coming in and, and you know, go on, on training, so they would shadow me for, for a week. And, and I close the deals and bring it back to the table, and, and the comment was made a few times, like, you're not negotiating, you're getting layups. <laughs> and and it's, it's there's so much going into you know into that one-on-one -on -one conversation when you when yeah. you're actually reading when you're pulling back when you're you know pushing forward on a point um, and and just reading all the micro movements that somebody does yeah so body language is huge um, uh, tonality you know of course you know it's 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 basically what it comes down to is it, it's we're all algorithms and we do have you know different behavioral strengths and if you know how to understand a behavioral strength you're gonna know how to talk to that person. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that behavioral strength, you're gonna know whenever they're talking back to you through body language and not necessarily words, um, or, or key, you know, or keywords or, you know, things that go into, in, yeah. into conversation. So picking up on all that stuff, is, it, it's crucial. Uh, why? Because you can apply it, yeah, in negotiation, that's one. Friendship, it's another. I mean, have you ever been, uh, for example, if I, if I, if I say, um, Hey Steve, how you doing? Doing all right. Uh, doing all right, right? And if I lean forward and I say, Hey Steve, how you doing? Be very good that right now. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> even even your demeanor changed. Yeah. 
even your demeanor changed. Right. And I, I mean, we're, right now we just met, you know, we're playing, but, but even something as simple as that mm -hmm. can have a big impact, right? So what I'm trying to say is that if you're aware of that sort of thing, you can use it as a communication tool. Mm -hmm. So you pull back from a particular conversation or you press on with that particular conversation. So there's something always going on in the back of your mind yeah. where you're monitoring <coughs> your body language and their body language. It, it sounds like it's a lot of work. After a while, you, you start getting used to it and it becomes mm -hmm. kind of second nature. Um, but again, it's it's reps, man. It's yeah. reps. And, and I've been playing with this stuff for the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years or so since I came across it because I actually used it a little bit mm -hmm. um, when I was building my transportation company yeah. um, on the hiring, on the, on the training dispatchers. And and um, and it was it was for customer service, mm -hmm. you know, uh, purposes. But it, it also it just got me curious enough that I started getting into it. And that's that's actually one of the reasons that I became a, an organizational psychologist. So. so one thing that was interesting to me was um, we had met before right when you were speaking on stage at extreme freedom and then we've since been hanging out in the same room once a month at brandon's pretty event. cool yeah um and there was a role play where i was you, you and i were supposed to negotiate this deal <laughs> and you we were negotiating after 15 seconds like i'm not talking to this guy anymore he's an <laughs> he's a freaking avocado <laughs> you want to talk about what that means yeah it was kind of like the running the running joke um it's, so I'm a, I'm a very high driver. Mm -hmm. I like things done, you know, quickly. I get to the point and everything. I'm able to to adapt my, my communication style when I'm with somebody else, right? But if uh, if we're looking at uh, disc profiles, and we had it coded different, uh, differently with Sean. Mm -hmm. We used a couple of different colors. But um, the uh, the one of the behavioral tendencies was a high S, high supportive, mm -hmm. and um, and high analytical. And, and you know, between the, the yellow and the green, it just turns into an avocado. And that's like my, my foe to negotiate with mm -hmm. uh, because I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm fast. I'm, 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 I mean, I can negotiate with somebody who's a high driver and be in and out in 15 minutes with, with the contract and we're, yeah. you know, best friends. And, but when, it, when I have to, to really look at the details and break it down, and I mean, that to me is taxing, so it takes energy out of me. Um, and when I, if we were, yeah, we were sitting at that mastermind and we, <laughs> I saw you and, and I mean, your mind was set. Your mind was wrapped around one idea and I think I missed it mm -hmm. towards the end of the conversation. I missed the offer because you had, you put a number in your head mm -hmm. and I think I missed it by a couple thousand dollars. You weren't too far uh, off, yeah. Yeah, on, on the, on what I could offer. Mm -hmm. And, and I just didn't get to it for by a couple thousand dollars, but you didn't, you, I mean, you didn't uh, give in yeah. on it. So, so. so. So to talk about, you fun. know, the <laughs> yellow, green, red, and blue. <clears throat> yes. So what are the, what are those four? So, mean? um, disc profile it's, and, and it's called everything. It's, it's pretty much like anything that you're, you're, you're talking when you're, um, that you're talking about when you're looking at behavioral tendencies or personalities, you know, that sort of thing. It's all derived from, from disc mm -hmm. and it's been called different things through time, but it's one of the oldest. Um, most like solid you know types of research that has been done. So basically, there's four four types of, um, of buckets, right? Think mm -hmm. that way. So you have D, which are your high drivers. You have I's, um, which is your influencers, and uh, S's who are highly supportive, and then C's or calculating or, or analytical, right? So your high drivers are very quick, very fast paced, uh, usually loud. 
and then your eyes can, your influencers can also be very, you know, quick, fast paced, but they're more uh, people, uh, people oriented mm -hmm. when high drivers are task oriented, right? Yeah. And then you have a uh, supportive, um, which they're, they're the, and I actually have this on, on my, on my, um, my operating system, we have to recognize them when we're talking to them, mm -hmm. like the lead gen people and the, and the acquisition guys. But uh, when you have SS or um, high supportive, they're they're a lot more more monotone. They're more reserved. Um, their conversations are are more calm and quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and and then you have your analytics, which is you, you know they substantiate data. You have, you better be prepared whenever you go to the closing table with yeah. numbers, comps, and everything better make sense. Otherwise, you're going to lose that rapport. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about it is that when you start when you start tagging people, you know, for lack of a better word. And um, and you start recognizing, okay, this person is a high driver. This person is a you know very analytical. This person is a you know. Um, you can you can also um, if if you practice it right, you're gonna learn the the algorithm. The, like each one each one of the categories has certain things that that or tendencies that are drawn to. For example, mm -hmm. um, high drivers are are one of the biggest things it's or biggest fears is it's uh, fear of being a, being taken advantage of because for example me i don't calculate i don't i don't sit down and process too much information before i you know pull the trigger mm -hmm. so i'm always hasty right it's one of my biggest fears like all right i'm going to shoot first and aim later hopefully i you know my fear is that i won't miss yeah so when you start when you start understanding all that stuff and you're able to see somebody and meet with somebody at the table for a closing, I mean, you know what you can talk about. You know what you cannot talk about. Mm -hmm. You know what's going to make a difference in conversation, what they're going to be interested in, right? Simply because of their behavioral tendencies and strengths. So is there a quick way for you to identify as someone's DI, S or C? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, the most, the most, or the easiest way to do it is it's, it's body language and tonality. Mm -hmm. um, basically, if, if somebody is... Um, and there's trainings out there, but if somebody, uh, what I just said, if somebody's a high driver, um, you're going to be looking at somebody who can, who's very dynamic in communication, and they're very task oriented, so yeah. bottom line oriented, right? Some, if you're talking to somebody who's a high influencer, they're going to be dynamic in communication as well, so loud, you know, vivid, um, but they're going to be more people oriented than task oriented. They're usually like more disorganized. But right. w yeah, when you're talking to um, and I'm, I'm a high DI, that's mm -hmm. a crazy thing. So my, my analytical side, it's learned behavior. But um, uh, when you're talking to somebody who's a high, uh, high supportive, they're gonna be more monotone, kind of mellow, more chill. It doesn't mean that they're not enjoying the moment, they're not processing information. Um, it's just the way that they communicate and they're, they're gonna be very, very um, people oriented. Yeah. So when you're having a conversation with somebody who's, who's high as, you can pick up words, right? If mm -hmm. the whole conversation is about them taking care of their, their you know, aunt or grandma or some, you know, you can have a pretty decent idea of what the priorities are, yeah. you know, with that person. Um, when you're talking to somebody who's very analytical, uh, they're also more, more monotone, kind of, you know, laid back and reserve um, kind of communication, but they're very task oriented. Yeah. So they're going to be monotone and, and usually talking about bottom line kind of stuff, statistics, not necessarily stuff that's going to move the needle, mm -hmm. but details, you know, the finer details. Okay something that makes sense in logic. So they're, right. they're logic oriented. So I've taken a disc Crash course, yeah. <laughs> multiple times. And one thing that's consistent is the S. The D and the C oscillate. Sometimes I'm a D, sometimes I'm a C. I guess it depends on the situation, right? Um, but I'm an S, meaning I'm pretty good at the poker table because you can have a hard time reading me, right? Pretty stoic. Yeah. <laughs> but we were at the meetup, in the last meetup, um, 
I was frustrated because of the seating arrangement, and it just wasn't conducive to how many people we had. We told them how many people we were bringing. That was a big turnout. It was a huge turnout, but we told them how many people were coming, and they just didn't have it set up correctly, right? So I'm in the front of the room looking in the audience, trying to figure out, like, how can we organize this next time? And you gave me a suggestion, right? Why don't we just set it up as a classroom style? I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't say yes. I didn't say no. But go back to being pretty stoic. Most people can't really read me. And before I even said something else, he's like, hold on, you don't like my idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're reading me, right? Yeah. You don't like my idea. Why don't you like about my idea? So I thought that was impressive because no one else really, you know, calls me out on that. So <laughs> how are you able to read me even if I am, you know, if I have a poker face? Um, it's, it's a lot of it. It's in micro movements. Um, mm -hmm pacifying movements, if you want to call it that. So what happened there, um, and, and I recall, I think we were towards the back of the room. We were in the very front of the room looking out across. Oh, yeah, because the, the, the door was on the opposite yeah. end. So, yeah, deep end of the room. Yeah. So so you, you did, what you did was um, you... You were you were you were motioning something with your hands, and then you dropped your hand, mm -hmm. and you covered it with the other one, and just kind of rub your your arm a little bit. So I mean that's a micro movement, mm -hmm. but it's a pacifying movement. Mm -hmm. It's a comforting. Think of it uh, as like a, a you know, yeah. I mean it was your blankie for that you know yeah. for that one second. So you went like that, and not necessarily processing. It was just uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. so it was all right, cool. And then I mean that that to me was a clear tale. But when you're used to to uh, to doing that all the time, it, it becomes you know it just pops up. Yeah. So the more you practice, the better you get, and the better you can communicate. For example, we we were able to kind of carry that conversation a little bit you know further mm -hmm. because I picked that up and it right. obviously resonated with you because you remember it today. Yeah. So, but that's you know I think that's the huge thing, right? Because we talk about doing million dollars three years in a row. Obviously, it helped to be a part of Sean's organization. Absolutely. Yeah. But you still had to win, and you know, in fact, you and I were competing without knowing we were competing <laughs> at that time. So this is why I wanted to, you know, for everyone to talk about this, because there is something here as far as, you know, getting better at communicating through DISC, through psychology. I mean, you said there's a master's in psychology. So these are things that <coughs> maybe they can't learn all these things quickly, but at least they should be aware of these concepts. Right. Because this will make it easier to close. Because just that little thing, right? Me doing, just rubbing my arm, you could tell like you kept the conversation going further versus like, all right, this conversation is over and we're on to changing the topic, which is like my go-to move. I'll just change the topic. Yeah, well, it, <coughs> that's a very clear example of, of what I was talking about earlier. Uh, whenever you're negotiating, you press for something and you, you're able to pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, I pressed for something else. So I pivoted from, you know, what I was talking about because I saw that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, so that's rubbing you off the wrong way, literally. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, kind of, you know, pushed a little more into it and we we just opened up the topic right and then I think we we came up with another venue that was a, a potential you know yeah. the conversation evolved a little bit after that so right but that's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing about communication and understanding how to how to uh, approach people it's not about DC it's not about you know reading minds it's, not, it's simply just understanding okay how can my communication be better yeah. uh, how can I convey what I'm trying to say in a matter that they're gonna understand yeah so is there a reference book, I don't know, online course, something you could recommend somebody to get better in in in, in the disc and the, the body language? I mean, I mean, we know like communication, right? It's 55% body language. Right. So is there something that you could recommend? Like, you know, this is something that you need to <coughs> check out. Um, body language. Um, I do. I can't. I can't recall the uh, the titles. 
mm-hmm. but I can send them to you. You can put them in the footnotes. Um, there's a few books out there that I think are really good. Um, anything in disc, really. I mean, like I said, it, it all stems from, from the same stuff. And you'll see it dressed up as different, um, you know, products or packages or whatever. But everything comes really d- evolves from from those four main buckets. I mean, you have subcategories, right? And when you Because we have, you know, uh, strong tendencies in the primaries and secondaries and, and all that stuff applies into it. But anybody who wants to learn about it, all you got to do is, I mean, look it up online. Just disc assessment and you're going to mm-hmm. get... You know, a thousand and one results, and well, there's no shortage of results. That's right. what I was asking. Is there any particular resource you'd recommend? Um, off the top of my head, I have a few books. Uh, actually, one of the best books is called Disc D I S C. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the name of the author, but that's the name of the book, and it's more of a textbook yeah. than 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 a you know a traditional read. Right. Yeah, but it's disc. It's crazy. Hmm. I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not trying to dodge or get out of that question. But I look up those titles and I'll, I'll send them to you. All right, sounds good, and we'll post them later on down yeah. below. So you made a pivot, <coughs> right? So three years with Sean, mm-hmm. and then you off, went off to do your own thing. So well, I guess before we even transition there, uh, working <coughs> with Sean. Obviously, pay-per-click was a big source. I know for yeah. the longest time, it was just basically me and Sean. I was like, who is this guy with this old lady? Right? <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a security title. It was like me with, I can't remember her name. And yeah. she had glasses on and she's got like the hair bunned up, whatever. Yeah, so, she still rocks it, man. I'm telling you. That lady <laughs> knows her business. Um, and so pay-per-click was a big source of it. Do you know, uh, I think... Direct mail was a big piece. Direct mail, we were doing a lot of direct mail kind of stuff. Um, and, and I mean, marketing wasn't as easy as it is now. Yeah. Uh, now, it, I mean, it's cre- the, the way that you can reach people, it's, it's, it's a lot faster, it's a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier, you know, to set up and you can automate and you can all kinds of crazy things now, but it was, it was more of a daunting task back then. Rerouting all the, the callbacks, I mean, and, and it just, you know. Yeah, very expensive. Yeah, very so, expensive. <coughs> so um, when you were on this team, right, doing these, running these big numbers, what were you getting as acquisition, like as far as percentage goes? 10. 10. Yeah, I so was running at 10%. 10%. Okay. Um, and then you made the decision to venture off on your own. Yeah, after I, like I've always been an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So my my idea was, was you know, come in and then learn from, and I, I even told him that right out of, you know, when we sat down to, when he interviewed me, um, but was to, you know, give, my, give it my all, give it my best and, you know, learn and, you know, open up my own my yeah. own business so I, I transitioned uh, into a couple of different things after that yeah like uh, well I opened a wholesaling business which is Pulse Capital and then um, I'm a real estate broker as well so I have Pulse Realty Associates yeah <laughs> and uh, and CEO Pulse which is my organizational psychology yeah. um, business and I do a lot of uh, consulting work for uh, industries that are not necessarily just real estate related mm-hmm. so yeah. And that's my it started as a passion project really and, and it just evolved into something something different so what's I don't think I don't think I've ever heard anyone say like I love organizational psychology yeah so yeah. what is it about it that's <laughs> passionate that, that gets passion from you it's I had to I had to learn how to do uh, when I had the transportation company because there's a lot of logistics that go into it I had to learn how to uh, how to develop systems around it and automate it right mm-hmm. um 
I couldn't drive two vehicles at once, uh, and I started as a solo, just one dude with one phone, one van, and then got a contract, and just things got crazy. So I had to figure it out really quick, and 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 I started putting systems together, and it worked out. And I think that's where I where I got the uh, the um, I knew that I loved setting up automations. I mean, it's some people like playing video games. I mean, I, I just like to mess around with how can I make it easier. I have a really good friend of mine, um, Jason, and uh, and he uh, he would look at the stuff that I would put together, and he was like, "Man, this is just complicated. Only you understand it because I, you know, I I, I would understand the flow, but mm-hmm. when I was trying to to convey it, like it was hard to train and, and all that stuff. So he he instilled this this idea of the easy button, right? Mm-hmm. So now every time I look at a business process, every time I look at you know anything that I want to put together that I want to delegate or automate one of the two, um, I, I started with, uh, you know, I reverse engineer it, and then I think of the easy button every step of the way. Okay, how can I cut a step? How can I make this easier? How can I make it faster? How can I make it run leaner? Mm-hmm. And and to me, I mean, it's just, I, I like doing that. It's it's It raises the, the bottom line of every business. Um, you spend less, you train less, there's less attrition, people are happier. Yeah. It's like the, the magic pill, man, for, for happiness and culture of the business, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Again, you're selling something I think that's really hard to sell. I don't think anyone gets excited <coughs> about this stuff. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were talking about before we, uh, we, we started was that it sounds like, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like this is the e-myth, right? Like you basically help people create this e-myth. You're like Michael Gerber mm-hmm. walking into their business and, and, and just optimizing right their business yeah 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 so so uh one example i like to use it's it's uh, on a you know when you go to a psychologist or somebody goes to a psychologist they sit down and then they tell the psychologist their problems it happens the same way it's it just happens with businesses Mm -hmm. so i come in as an organizational psychologist and and look at the way the operation is running see what happens see the you know make sure that the people and the systems operate well Mm -hmm. a lot of times this is happening so right. you have you have a conflict between the two of them, and it's just not matching. But whenever you're able to to connect them and, and, and interlace them properly, I mean, it's just the, everything starts flowing. And I yeah. love I love that you know it's just the fact that I can come in and then figure it out. It's kind of like a um, I mean, it's a good challenge. I like that's what's challenge. rewarding. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rewarding. Yeah, and and getting paid, of course. But oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I imagine you know we've talked to multiple wholesalers. I mean, we're friends with a lot of the people in town. Um, do you talk to wholesalers outside this market or predominantly in this market? Uh, predominant, no, for the most part here. Okay, so um, without naming any names then, what do you think are the biggest organizational issues with a lot of wholesalers that either where they are today bottlenecks. or when starting? <clears throat> bottlenecks. All right, so let's talk about that. So it's it's very easy to start uh, doing transactions and become a bottleneck for for for, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a big company or a small company. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a one-man shop and you're micromanaging, you're becoming a bottleneck. Yeah. Um, not creating enough leaders within within the company that either because you're giving them the tools to mm-hmm. operate and the freedom to operate, um, or because you're just breathing down people's necks. And I, I see that happening quite a bit, but it, what happens is that you come to a bottleneck, uh, take acquisitions or marketing, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I'm gonna do all the marketing because I wanna get it done right. And then marketing comes in, and then I'm going to do all the locking because I want to get it run. Nobody can, you know, lock the same spreads that I can. Twenty-five thousand dollars at average. Um, and then what happens? Yeah, you're you're so busy locking that you can't dispo. Um, you're so busy marketing that you can't lock, mm-hmm. and, and you just become you know bottleneck. So whenever you whenever you have something that doesn't flow, that it's not. I I I, I repeat the term linear. Um, it, it's it's the something should come in on this side. 
and monetize on this side mm-hmm. and just flow like that yeah. instead of having bottlenecks every you know every other step. And I right. think that's one of the biggest problems. So uh, <coughs> inability to delegate effectively. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from fear of, of pe- people not being able to perform. Which, if you take another level deeper, it's it's it comes from from lack of um, operating systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, not having a good and and I want to make this uh, emphasize on this. It's there's a difference be- between what what's protocol mm-hmm. and what an operating system is. So an operating system gets helps you with with the, the, the heavy lifting, right? Yeah. And then the protocol and and the process it's instructions. So yeah. that's that still has to be managed. When you have an operating system, a lot of that management is done by you mm-hmm. or done by the by the system itself. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's and this is an industry that's not. I mean, it's getting to the point where it's getting a little bit more regulated. We're seeing that. You know, mm-hmm. we're seeing that that change in a couple of states. Um, but it's not. It's not a common business model. Right. Uh, right now, it's gotten popular. Um, over the last couple of years, yeah, everybody and their moms now wants. <laughs> Everyone wants to be wholesaler. <laughs> yeah, and um, but it, I think there's there's a there's a lack of, of simple and effective um, and efficient mm-hmm. um, systems. Yeah, right, that's great insight. So um, <clears throat> you mentioned you're a real estate broker, yeah, which I think is crazy. But how much traditional business are you doing? Um, I don't do a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, it's, it's I mean running, running the brokerage and you know broker stuff. Uh, as far as, uh, however, one big upside to doing a lot of marketing on the wholesale side mm-hmm. is that if you can't monetize it as whole, uh, wholesale, you pivot and then you you push it and list it. Absolutely. So we get leads like that all the time. Uh, you know what's crazy? I remember I was visiting Brent's office, Brent Daniel's office, mm-hmm. right? You know, we're hanging out. He's a stunning homes agent. Don't steal him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, we're hanging out and we look across. We look across the hall. I was like, Pulse. Yeah, I know this guy. What is, <laughs> I didn't at the time. I didn't put two and two together because I thought you were still at was it West USA or right? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that you had finally opened your thing. Mm-hmm. I was like Pulse. I wonder what this thing is. Pulse really in this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy that you just. I don't know. Did you know when you put, picked that spot, you were picking a spot across from Brent? No, it, it, it was it was funny because it was the only office they had available. Yeah. And I mean, it was just of all spots. Of all spots, right across the hall from from Brent. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, man, we hit it. I was a super cool dude to work with. I love working. I don't get a lot done when mm-hmm. I go <laughs> into the office, but but it's fun, man. He's an incredible guy. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's off. So, <laughs> what does your organization look like today? Um, are you talking about uh, wholesale? Wholesale. So, so it's it's running off of my platform, which is the operating system. Um, I do I do the the marketing. Um, and I set it up at the beginning of the month and it just runs automatically. Mm-hmm. So it'll take me maybe an hour to kind of, you know, f- filter what I want to hit that month mm-hmm. and then automate it, you know. Uh, let it run, it all comes into the operating system. I have, um, uh, f- I just brought on another acquisitions guy, but we're up to five guys and I'm, I'm gonna cap it off there. Um, and they come in and they work the, uh, the process, just the operating system process and they start, you know, locking deals and everything. So uh, aside from that, it's a dispo, but it, I mean, it's a pretty lean, it's a lean model. So five acquisition guys. Right. And they get paid. Yeah. Um, per part of the deal. Percentage. Percentage of the yeah. deal. Yeah, so you start at 15 and they'll build up to 20%. Okay. Yeah. And then you have a disposition? Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's another disposition guy. Well, there was the up to, there was, Cortez. right. He was up to two weeks ago. 
and then it didn't pan out well so okay. i i started jumping in out you know two weeks ago um so yeah right now i'm actually hiring a dispo guy you know anybody but uh so i need a dispo guy uh and uh but the model itself is it's right now we just started doing it's something i should have done a while back but i started doing um weekly meetings uh which is you know you weren't doing weekly meetings no because we hadn't we had we hadn't really built up the traction yet so the Dude, uh, you helped sean build <laughs> out his weekly meetings <laughs> yeah that was fun <laughs> but uh so the we we were following KPIs, but not doing uh, training on, on weekly meetings. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm incorporating into it. So yeah. I had, I mean, like the guys have access to me, and we'll you know talk about about a deal and break it down, and then okay, this is what we can do, and we all we all learn that way. But it's, I don't think there's nothing like having a formal uh, sit down with with actual training on yeah. a weekly basis. So besides the KPI meetings and the team meetings, I mean, we're doing uh, weekly trainings. Which mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it's gonna be a big change. Gotcha. So so five acquisition guys, mm-hmm. one soon to be disposition guy. Right. Uh, anybody else? Uh, no, not for the wholesale. Not Any for the wholesale uh, virtual company. assistants? No, I had a couple of virtual assistants. Didn't pan out too well. Uh, I actually got rid of my uh, my cold calling um, um, uh, guys. I had three of them lined up. Um, and right, n- I'm, I'm I'm doing a different, somewhat of a different model right now. And I took this off of. I think I talked about it with Scott. Um, but it's it's um, based on merit, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, I have um, any at any point in time. There's over you know 200 leads that we can work from people who all c- they've called back to some type of, of reach, mm-hmm. some type of marketing. So not all of them are qualified leads. But for example, wh- the acquisition guys go in, into their uh, into the bucket, lead bucket, and then they'll start working the lead. They'll see it, and then if it's a lead, they'll convert it. If not, it'll take them 30 seconds to just suppress it, right? Mm-hmm. But they have the ability to pick 50, 40, 100 leads if they want to. They just have to work them. Otherwise, it will revert back to the uh, to the open bucket. And what I'm seeing is that that um, there, there's there's motivation be- behind it. So you'll see like the guys that come in and then work two or three leads a day, mm-hmm. and then the guy that just went all out and forty you know forty leads and he's closed three deals. Like I have one of one of the guys. He's uh, um, last week he closed two deals. Uh, the week before that, he closed another one. So I mean, it's stuff that you know that's happening because you know he's just putting in the work. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just I thought it was an interesting model. It was worth a shot, and uh, and it seems to be working well so far. I am gonna be, you know bring in support and then just you know do lead gen to mm-hmm. help out with with uh, with the leads and do maybe a combination of the two. I just think it's it's a really interesting. So um, having them go over it versus having a lead manager right do the follow up right interesting, and it's it's. Um, when you have the wrong lead manager mm-hmm. and you have that first point of contact with the seller, I mean, you can you can also lose them, right? You know, really quick. And these guys already know what they're talking about, so they they I mean, it just made sense. And that's that's how I worked with uh, when I was with Sean. I mean, it just give me a direction, and people better get out of my way because I'm gonna I'm gonna just run fast and crush it. <laughs> so I mean, that's the kind of people that I want to work with, right? Yeah. And and um, and it, like, so far, it's been. People who don't work, they, they filter themselves out real quick. So. Yeah, self-deselect. Yeah. It's a great process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what are the best lead sources for you right now? Um, the easiest, best resources right now are foreclosures. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot more of those than we were maybe six months ago. Yeah, um, I read that this morning in the news. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. So so I have, it, I have it set up so we get, uh, as soon as a foreclosure hits, mm-hmm. um, automatically gets funneled into our into our lead bucket and mm-hmm. then just becomes available to be to worked to be worked. How are you doing that? Magic. 
pretty good. Through the, uh, through the operating <laughs> system. No, um, we actually, uh, one of the sources I use for that, it's uh, Property Radar. Okay. So, so Property Radar would just kick it into Podio? Right, It'll into my Podio. Max, we need to make that happen. <laughs> I told Max about it the other day. Well, he didn't tell me. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think I showed him, I showed him uh, the operating system. But, um, but yeah, so just having the ability, you know, to, to, to push it right away. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's as soon as they hit, it's they're ready for the guys. Speed the lead. Yeah. And yeah. then you, they open it, it's, you know, click to call, it's right there. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, so that campaign is it's very cost effective, it's cheap. So you do click to call, you don't do Mojo. Uh, right, I was, I was doing Mojo with the cold callers and I, I call it off, it's just pricier. Okay. Yeah. So um, the- uh, So you're using CallRail or a smartphone? Smartphone. Okay. Yeah, I just switched actually. It was a, it was a recommendation uh, from one of our mutual friends. Yeah. And, uh, and for, for you guys listening, smartphone is S M R T. S M R T. Yeah. Phone. Yeah. So I, I switched to that, and then um, I mean it, it's just a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So the tracking, the integration is, is, is it's it's also you know built into Podio and all that. So yeah. You can connect and plug it in very well. Um, so yeah, my platform the, where I run it, mm -hmm. it's it's a supported platform. Um, so yeah, I went off on a tangent. What so was the question? Closures? Pre foreclosures, right? Um, it's a very, I mean, that to me, for me, it's a very cheap campaign, mm -hmm. and it's you know hottest leads, so pre foreclosures. Very low cost. Yeah, low yeah. cost. It, it's as long as you work them, you're fine. Um, and aside from that, it's really a numbers game for 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 me, not necessarily you know picking the right winner when it comes to okay, what's mm -hmm. the list source that you're gonna you know blast out and hit? Um, it's it's just it's a numbers game. I mean, the more people that you talk, make contact with you know, the better response they're gonna have. Results. So pre-foreclosures, but you're not doing direct mail, you're not calling probate? No, I'm not I'm not doing direct mail right now. What I'm doing is RVM, mm -hmm. uh, voicemail drops and, and, and um, SMS. Yeah. So, so yeah, between that, I mean, that's that's my marketing and it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, automated. It's easy to set up, you turn it on. If we get, like, for example, we get a bunch of leads in, in, in our lead bucket, mm -hmm. I just pause it. And then, you know, after the guys start, you know, going through the leads. Yeah. Um, you know. You'll pause it? Yeah, I'll pause it. Even if there's no cost to it? Um, yeah, because I don't want to get, you know, saturated with leads that they, the guys are not working yet. So, mm. you, you know what I mean? I, I know what you're, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> it's just one of those things as an organization, it's always hard to turn oh, no, off. No, 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 no. Like, uh, you're talking about the, uh, the the foreclosure ones. Those I don't pause. Okay. When I'm talking about the RVM and the voicemail, you know, the gotcha. SMS and all that stuff, stuff is going to cost. Yeah. So that stuff, uh, so if we're saturated with leads, I'll pause that. Gotcha. And, okay. you know, a day or two, and then, you know, leads come, you know, back down and then turn it on. And then it's like, I mean, just open up the funnel again and yeah. start hitting them. So I think a big thing here, because, you know, you're talking about organizational psychology mm -hmm. and you're obsessed with optimizing your organization. Yeah. So you built out your own podio. Yeah. So I talked about how that's that experience and how it's benefited you. Uh, game changer. Yeah. Complete game changer, at least for me. Um, like I said, it, it's it's the whole purpose of doing that was to get rid of the bottlenecks. And yeah. I was bottleneck at every, every I mean, every pit stop it was me. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. There's only, you know, I, I got to go on appointments, but I want to turn on the marketing, but I got to dispo this. So I'd be dispoing from the car and, you know, classic stuff that we all go through. Mm -hmm. um, so when I started, I started messing around with Podio and, 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 and the workflows in the back end and, and just putting all that stuff together. It's like, all right, cool. If, if I, you know, combine these two things, it's going to save me, um, I don't know, five minutes. So I, I build it out. I used to, sp to spend about to run a decent analysis on a property, 
anywhere from 35 to 40 minutes looking at comps, looking at the area, um, you know, thresholds for offers and all that stuff. So with what I build, um, my guys can do it. They, they can do it the way that I do it based on my, my parameters, mm-hmm. the exact same process, basically it took the way that I do it um, and put it into a system. And all they do is type in an address wait a couple seconds and they'll get a full analysis you know right out with you know comps with thresholds one click contracts um so i have i have a cool story it's um i was working when i first put it into into um into motion i like i had i uh, i built in the uh, the the contracts uh, that automation mm-hmm. um i had a client and i brought him from the leads from leads bucket and i had the guy i called the guy and i i had him on the phone and we were going over it and and um, you know, over the deal, the scenario. So the guy wanted, you know, he wanted to sell. I clicked the button, and it created an analysis, right? So I move on to the analysis side, and and all the numbers are there. I am with the guy, maybe a total of about fifteen minutes. So I'm going through the conversation. He wanted an offer right there and then. I'm like, well, send me an offer, and he gave me his email address and everything. And um, so like, well, give me give me a second. And I'm working, you know, some numbers, and I, you know, we went over just a brief conversation. Um, I clicked the button, generated the contract, sent him an offer. Uh, he uh, he was sitting on his computer, so he got it, he signed it, and sent it back. So I had a, a signed contract within 12 minutes, and the, mm-hmm. that's from first point of contact, lead gen, mm-hmm. to the actual contract being back and signed by the guy. I mean, property analysis, right offers, and all that stuff. I mean, it was beautiful. And you got I, the whole executed I, contract. Yeah, yeah. Back within your podio. Right. It, I mean, went back into straight back into the deal, and and since then I built other stuff like. Um, one click escrow, you know, yeah. so you know how you have to put all that info together, like mm-hmm. seller's phone. I mean, to me, I hate doing that kind of stuff. Right. And, and so I build it in, you know, I also build it in anything I don't like doing, I'll automate it through that. But it's, That's awesome. it's if it's not, you know, something like that, it's, it, that, you know, people should consider at least, you know, operating in, in a similar way with whatever, whatever, you know, platform they choose. But right. And you're, but you're moving human error. Right. That's and, the biggest thing. And humans really. Ge- yeah. Well, biggest example is in contracts. Yeah. Like it, it's. I mean, how many shitty contracts have you seen? <laughs> shitty <laughs> contracts. Yeah. Yeah. As in bad offers or poorly written. No, poorly written. Where well, where also. everything is. I mean, it's 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 not legible. It's it's a bad copy. I mean, yeah. it's it's just the clauses are off and, and yeah. you know and stuff Back like six times. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So, for example, right now on on, on I have six uh, six pieces of information that I need. Mm-hmm. They they can't mess it up because they're doing it on the, on the uh, on the contract generator, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll type in that stuff, um, click a button, and then the contract's populated. But they're not gonna you know, they're gonna they're not gonna omit, skip, or anything like that because everything is in one single you know little spot. So right. just having that thought process behind it, um, and and like that was a bottleneck. Cool. I'm gonna send you an offer. Uh, perfect. We agree on a price, and then you have a bottleneck that you can't. Like, all right, I gotta send three uh, three contracts, but I'm gonna go to dinner with my family, and and I'm gonna be back at eight. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be nine. I don't wanna send the email that late, and then I mean, next thing you know, you're you're 24 hours late on that contract that you could have just you know clicked and sent. All right. So that's a bottleneck being removed. That's huge. Uh, so let's go to some of these questions. Um, Christopher Reed wants to know you purchased property with a VA loan that has a second mortgage as well. Um, his first contract. Congratulations, Christopher. Hey, congrats. Uh, so, you want to answer that? Um, so, he has a VA loan on the first, and what is the second? Uh, it, it just uh, says it, has a second say? mortgage. Has a second mortgage? Yeah. Um, so, second mortgage on a VA loan. Uh, well, the VA loan, it's and he wants to do seller financing on it. Did, yeah, did he, he mention anything? He wants to wholesale it. 
He wants to wholesale it? I think it's just, I think it's a simple answer. It's no need to overthink uh, it. It's his first contract. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was going into a rabbit hole there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking me out. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. If it's a VA loan, I mean, you can still, you can still wholesale it. Make, make sure the numbers make sense and, uh, and work your thresholds. Yep. Yeah. Straight. Uh, and then Ramon Batanzas wants to know, what are you using for SMS? Um, SMS, uh, there's a platform called Slingshot that you can use. For SMS? Yeah. It, it's SMS and RVM. It does both. Okay. That's different than, because I thought you were using Roar. It, it, it is. It, it's it's part of the, the Roar platform too. Oh, so. okay. Uh, and then uh, William Baker wants to know, do you do digital marketing like pay-per-click SEO or YouTube? Nope. Okay. All right. So going back to here, um, so pre-foreclosures, pulling data. Are you pulling data right now? Mm, yes, I am. I okay. do want to pull data on a regular basis. Um, and then what are you using for skip tracing? Um, for I actually have a license where I can pull data and my own my own data with with um, with numbers on it. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot of uh, companies out there that are really good when it comes to to the quality of the skip tracing batch. You know, it's one of them. Mm -hmm. And um, but um, I mean, I just pull. I mean, I pull volume. So yeah. So I'm able to pull my own data from there. And then you know we talked about doing a million dollars a year, you know, mm -hmm. three consecutive years, which is really sexy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing right now? I did it on a V-neck too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what am I doing right now? Yeah. Um, what kind of volume are you doing today? Volume, we're on average anywhere mm -hmm. from five to eight deals. Five to eight deals a month. Yeah, I think that's gonna ramp up here pretty quick with with the new stuff that I'm, I'm putting out there. And what kind of uh, what's your average fee? Um, well, we're closing on one that's 20K. Uh, average fees, about, it's gonna be about 17, between mm -hmm. 17 and 20. Yeah. My my average uh, closing is tw about 26,000 yeah. spreads. I mean, that, that was my average. Word, or um, is when I go and you through. said that you're ramping up some big things. You wanna talk about those things? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, trainings and, and just empowering more, you know, the people that I have within, within the company. So it's yeah. not, I've, I've been so focused on building the operating system and making mm -hmm. all that, you know, work seamlessly that, that yeah, like right now we're using it, but when you throw in the, the mindset side of things, uh, I mean, that, that's just a game changer. It's something that I've been uh, neglecting, not, not for, because of a choice, but uh, just because I've been saturated with, with other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I want to get more into. And I think that's gonna be a game changer too. So. Gotcha. How are you disposing properties right now? I know that you're that's your that's your seat again or you're in that seat again yeah i am back in that seat um so uh, the process for this one I mean, it's pretty uh, i hardly ever really blast them out mm -hmm. um for the most part um i sell them within you know a day or two i have a, a like a tight list of buyers that i go to all the time mm -hmm. and these guys usually pick it up yeah so i do i mean my buyers list is it's close to fifty thousand. um mm -hmm. so i'll i'll send out you know a few properties to the full list, but for the most part, they get sold on that first first leg of the, the dispo. Gotcha. Um, that's within Podio. Yeah. You're not calling these people. Uh, no. Okay. No. No. So I have it. I have it set up where where you get a property, click a button, and they get a text with link. Mm -hmm. So it's like five people, eight people on that first. No, one. I have. It's I think it's about eighteen people. Yeah, it's okay. about eighteen people. Gotcha. Uh, what are you spending monthly on marketing? Um, peanuts. Really, it's not. I mean, it, it, it's. It depends on how heavy I want to go on the on the RVM and SMS. But mm -hmm. I mean, that's really cheap too. So yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah, we love that. Uh, so then, what's your monthly overhead? <sighs> um, I would marketing. I would say 
Just all your expenses combined. This is this is what I do. This might be interesting for for the listeners. It, it's um, so I throw out. I throw out um, a thousand numbers, right? A thousand, like when I turn on a campaign, I run mm -hmm. it for a couple of hours and it throws out a thousand contacts a day. Mm -hmm. That's it, boom, steady, boom, 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 boom. Uh, reason for it, because I can track, I can track the, uh, it's just easier if you stay consistent and carry that, you know, a few months, mm -hmm. quarters. Um, you can track the ROI, you can track, and it's, right now it's giving us enough uh, volume of leads mm -hmm. um, that it's dripping. So I'll send out a thousand and on average I'll get about, I don't know, 200 responses back. They're not, disclaimer, they're not all qualified buyers right. um, or sellers, I'm sorry. But but um, we are getting you know, a fairly good response from that. Mm -hmm. So I'll send out a thousand on the daily um, and SMS, um, RVM, and then the budget for that, I mean, it's 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 a couple thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it depends on how heavy, you know, what list you're hitting, wherever you, you know, where you're getting your, your sources from. So you're not doing like on a daily, blast you're doing like you're saying beginning of the month i'm going to send out a thousand a day i turn it this on month. yeah so so for example i'll, I'll get a i'll get a, a campaign of twenty thousand numbers mm -hmm. and i'll turn that on and then it just you know it drips so i don't have to touch it i touch it at the beginning of the month and you're doing that all within podio or um, within another platform? no that's that's the other platform so i said i set up the marketing the other platform but all my kpis are tracked through, uh, through podio is that within slingshot where you say i want to do a thousand a day um you want to hit a thousand? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. So I turn that on and it I have it. So you can you can throttle it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and you turn it on. You know you want more delivered, less delivered. So I have uh, I pick about five numbers that I'm sending from, mm -hmm. and um, and I set the throttle at about one twenty five, and it'll give me about a thousand drops a day if I run it from you know for like three hours. Yeah. Okay. So so that's that's a pretty consistent pace. And and the cool thing about it is that I can turn it on, turn it off. It's so easy to set up. I mean, it's already. I mean, it literally takes me minutes at right. the beginning of the month to set up the marketing for the month, and just let it roll. Uh, Daniel Prito wants to know: Are you pushing all your leads through IVR, or are you doing a live answer? Um, we were doing a live answer, but I got rid of the uh, the cold callers. So right now they're just going into my lead buckets. Mm -hmm. As a voicemail or IVR? Uh, voicemail. Voicemail. Yeah. I'm, I'm not using IVR. I haven't, I don't know if, I haven't tried that, so I don't know if it works or not. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Ruiz wants to know how much you're spending in the skip tracing monthly. Um, I don't skip trace because I just pull my own data. So it, it's already attached. Um, it's already included? Yeah. My, my, uh, I get cell phones with, with it. Um, Abdul Rahman wants to know, are you going to have that system available for everyone to purchase? I'm guessing he's talking about your, um, your, your podium. Yeah, the, the operating system, yeah. Um, yeah. It will. Yeah. Um, I still want to fine tune a couple of little things, uh, more on the KPI side. All the uh, the um, the functionality is set, mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to I don't want to put something out that I'm going to have to go back and then you know retweak it on every account. So my fear is just managing it, yeah, right, supporting it because you're going to have to make tweaks for each state. Yeah, right. So, but that's that's your prerogative. <laughs> uh, We're working on that. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 going to be it's going to be a, a version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the SMS messaging message that you're sending out on your blast? Super simple, man. I mean, I, I've tried the the very you know professional. Have you ever gotten like a, one of those voice mode drops and 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 um, and it sounds like a freaking cops trying to buy your house? Hi, this is you know Eddie, <laughs> and I want to buy your property. I mean, it, it's I don't listen to them. I just see them on my Google Voice. I, I like to because I just want to see what's out there. Yeah, but um, I get the text messages. But I've tried. Uh, I, I tried um, 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. I tried. Uh, <laughs> I've tried <laughs> so I've tried the very professional, you know, this is, a, you know, this company, whatnot. And I tried the very simple kind of, you know, with background noise and, and mm-hmm. just like in the car. And th- that works a lot better mm-hmm. than the professional stuff. For, of course. For voicemail drops. And then the text message, um, it's a follow-up message, and it's it's basically telling you know people, hey, listen, I just called you, I left your voicemail. Uh, please give me a call back whenever you have a, yeah. you know, a second. I've heard someone say, like, they they intentionally will have a baby crying in the background. I, I don't know about it, yeah. Because it sounds like, you know, this is a mom <laughs> trying to make a deal, like, you know, do a business, support herself. Yeah, no, uh, I, don't, I don't like those dark tactics. <laughs> I like to make it simple, but. Uh, Matt Smith wants to know, do you have a better time? And day f- for for your drops. Uh, time and day, afternoon works better for me. Mm-hmm. I get uh, I see a lot of better response than when I dropped like at ten a.m. Yeah. So, um, just evening, early evening. And how often are you switching phone numbers? Um, usually about every forty-five days. Uh, so, going back to you know, your passion. What what is your why? What's driving you today? Rabbit hole. Um. I, I love that question, man. It's it's uh, I've gotten criticized sometimes for for doing uh, you know what the hell are you are you doing this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 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 known for having a lot of multiple projects going on, and but I commit to each one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time I, I I'm very curious and I, and if I decide to go into something, I'll commit to it. Now I've thought about you know the reason you know is it am I am I compensating? Was it, I mean I come from a very humble. Uh, background I grew up in a mobile home so it's it's not you know it's it, it's uh, it, I thought about that you know when I was when I was you know like where's all the drive and the wanting to do things you know where's mm-hmm. that coming from so um, I was talking to one of my mental coaches um is a super cool guy I love you um, and um, and he uh, he helped me find the the why the essence of the why which in, in reality to me it's three different things right so it, it's one it's understanding my truth who I am you know what what I stand for and then you know why I operate and then what the purpose is so it's it's all three different things and that's how I see it but for example my why is is yeah because I want to better you know m- you know my my way of life I want to contribute I want to get back um, I want my kids to do you know to you know I wanted to inspire uh, to inspire them to do better than than what I'm doing right mm-hmm. And and that's a great why, but at the end of the day, it's really you know because I why not? Right. Like because I can. It's just a beautiful life, man. Why why waste it away with with you know worries and, and like can you do better? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it really comes down to to you know something that simple. Well, you're not the only one that gets blasted for it because that's the same thing with me. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know like why why do I want to do what I want? Just like I don't know. I just want to. Yeah, I want to. Like I just want to dominate. Like I don't know why I want to dominate. I, I don't know, know if I can drop f bombs with it, but it's it's <laughs> it's uh, because I haven't can you know yeah. and 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 uh, that's a desire. Why put it out? You know, yeah. if it's a flame, it's a fire. It's it's something that's burning within you, man. Yeah. By all means, go all out. Insatiable desire to yeah. to dominate. Well, that and it, it it's. I don't think it's so much the, the dominate, uh, dominating for me, m- me more than, yeah, you're very competitive, more than the contribution side of things. Um, but to me, it's exciting. I'm, I'm super curious. If I have anything that I, that I, that I think I'm like, that gives me the edge yeah. is that I'm always curious. Um, and um, and the, the better I get as a person, the more bo- books I read, the, you know, the, the better my mindset is, uh, it's expanded. And, 
and the cooler stuff, the cooler people, the cooler experiences that I get to have, right? right. And then what happens when you're wise just because you can? I mean, it's self-empowering. You're not you're not really attached to to something else, to another, you know, depending on on on, on a result and something else yeah. to keep that why going. And and um, and then what what happens is that when you start you know growing and discovering a lot you know a lot of stuff happens that you didn't even consider and i'll speak for myself yeah like wow man i wasn't i wasn't really expecting the hell i'm sitting here with you yeah. and and you know it's, it's totally unexpected and right. and um and it's amazing man it, it's so that's that's a beauty of of just operating out of you know out of a sense of of you know personal power mm -hmm. and and why because you can because right. why the hell not <laughs> absolutely why not uh what is your biggest struggle right now um, biggest struggle. Mm -hmm. I have. I think I I I I, uh, I have a tendency to 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 um, put a lot of things on my plate at the same time, mm -hmm. and and they don't necessarily fall off, but sometimes I'll lose attention on one of them. For example, like right now, I know I have to get back into the, the uh, developing the brokerage. So, so my operating system, my 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 uh, Pulse Capital business is yeah. it's it's set up and that's a machine and that you know that's going well. My organizational psychology thing is it's you know CEO Pulse is, is it's also picking traction too, mm -hmm. but I know I have to go back into into you know giving a, a little bit more love into that one. So I mean, to me, it's one of the things that I struggle with is it's um it, it's just being being able to put myself in all the all the spots. So. Um, I was going to say something else and I lost the train of thought. I don't know what it was. But too many passion projects. Right. <laughs> too curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what would you say is your superpower? Um, to, um, to, do, uh, to build the easy button. Uh, just automate, the, uh, automate things. Optimization. Yeah. I, li I like that. It's fun. Uh, what is your favorite best or most interesting failure? Um, failure. I had. A, I've had a bunch. I've started business. Uh, I've tried to start businesses and they 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 didn't go, or I stopped it halfway through it because of uh, policy change or you know, alternating stuff. But um, I guess in terms of wholesale, I can think of one deal. Um, it wasn't. Uh, usually, you want to make money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, on that one, I ended Ideally. up. I ended up <laughs> right. I ended up bringing money to the table um, to close it. Um, and it wasn't, um, it was a, it was a lady, um, in Sun City, uh, West. So we had, we had, um, we had the terms of the payoff. So we worked the numbers and she was going to get $5,000 at the end of it. She was moving into a, um, adult care facility, uh, facility and, and at the end of it, the payoff was different and she, she wasn't going to make those, those 5k. So I scratched off, you know, the, the couple thousand dollars. It went from being a, about an $18,000 deal to, to a couple thousand, which was okay with the payoff, but she was going to be upside down uh, on the 5,000. She was still going to get money, but I ended up bringing like 800 bucks just to make sure that she got the 5,000 out of it. Yeah. And um, so I put money into that deal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but she was a super nice lady. Uh, <laughs> is there any book that you've gifted more than any other? Um, yes, uh, psycho cybernetics and, um, and, um, the alchemist, those books, I mean, to me are, are they're, they're very, we we're talking about uh, a personal power and self-image earlier mm -hmm. and, and, uh, 
they the perspective on those both of those books on on what is purpose and then how you see yourself it, it's it's game changer yeah yeah so all right so i'm going to let you think about one last thought you want to leave everybody with while i make a couple of quick announcements Cool. Uh, so guys, uh, we're three weeks away from uh, the workshop that Max and I are doing, two-day workshop in September. Uh, again, we are limiting access to a select group of people to see if you qualify uh, for the workshop in Phoenix. Please go to disruptors.com. Uh, and then I'll be speaking in Houston, October 4th through 6th <clears throat> for Wholescaling Live. If you want to go to that, go to wholescalinglive.com and put in RED for 25% off. I'll also be in Biloxi, Mississippi uh, for Real Estate Roundup Live with Brent Marino and Adam Johnson, October 25th to 27th. If you want to check that out, go to bit.ly, L-Y, so bit.ly slash R-E-R live. And then uh, what was announced this past weekend, I'll be also speaking in New Orleans with Chris Rude. Um, that's Grant Cardone's wholesale guy. Uh, that's December 6th through 8th. So if you guys want to hang out in New Orleans, Louisiana, which I bet would be pretty fun, that's December 6th through 8th. Um, and then next week we do have Franco Milan. He's gonna be talking about how he's wholesaling 10 plus deals a month in multiple states. He's running a crazy, crazy big operation. I was got to check out his office a month and a half ago to check out one of their meetings. It's just nuts what they're doing over there. Uh, so with that, all that being said, what's the last thought you wanna leave the audience with? Um, in, in, in any business, not just real estate, I mean, just doing, doing the right thing and then, you know, by your clients. It, it's, I think it's one thing that we have, we have this stigma about wholesalers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, they're, they're just out there. About, vultures. You know, vultures, you know, but there's a lot of, you know, good that can come from, from I mean, from creating a win-win. Yeah. And, and I think that's not, it's not something that's completely emphasized, um, but doing the, you can make a lot of money and still do the right thing. Yeah. and be transparent with people. A lot of people are afraid of, for example, getting real estate licenses because they're wholesaling. And as long as you have transparency and you disclose and you do things right, mm -hmm. do things right, there's no reason for anybody to be afraid, you know, yeah. to, to, you know, to keep it account, keep yourself accountable, or your co company accountable like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, they can shoot me an email at rc at thepulsegroup.net. Uh, or uh, find me on Instagram at rafael.ceopulse, P-U-L-S-E. Awesome. Cool. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. Thank you very much, bro. Fun Appreciate show. the invite. <laughs>